This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, August 31st. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, GMUG releases final forest plan draft. Mountain Munchkins expands care. The 48-hour plays the thing. And a mountain weather forecast. Telluride is a little dot amidst thousands of acres of wilderness. That land is managed by the U.S. Forest Service as the Grand Mesa, Uncompahgre, and Gunnison National Forests, and known to many as the G-Mug. Taken all together, the forest is vast. That's found everywhere from Norwood and the West End on the plateau, south to the San Juan Mountains, um, through Telluride, Uray, east all the way to the Continental Divide, and north through the Gunnison Basin, and then into the North Fork Valley, adjacent to Paonia and Hotchkiss communities, all the way to the Grand Mesa. That's Samantha Staley, the team lead for the GMUG's Revised Forest Plan, a comprehensive document which lays out land management guidelines for the territory, stretching some 3 million acres. The current forest plan is from 1983. In the intervening 40 years, says Staley. We have learned so much, not only about how this forest is responding to things like a changing climate and increased population growth. And so it was sorely time to, to do this. Ideally, a forest plan will be updated every 15 years to stay current with best practices. The issues involved in a forest plan range from balancing wildlife needs with the demand for trails and recreation, climate change adaptation, and timber harvest, which, says Staley, is a historically contentious topic. So that's been a negotiation across the entire, the entire time with all um, political spectrums weighing in. And we think we've landed on a pretty balanced approach to, to that effort. So we do timber harvest for broader purposes that the public has shared values on, which is the more resilient forest, better managed for wildfire risk and insect and disease. We've seen a lot of that the past decade on the forest with the spruce beetle epidemic and also aspen decline. Formulating the plan involved multiple phases of public input, collaborations with other state and government agencies, analyses of the latest expertise on forest management, and discussions long overdue with regional tribal leaders. We finally officially recognize that the Ute tribes in 1873 ceded a significant area of the San Juans to the state of Colorado, but they reserved hunting and fishing rights. We're finally acknowledging that in our plan documents and supporting those reserved rights. Here in the Norwood district of the GMUG, the plan adds 36,000 acres of forest to the Sneffels and Lizardhead wilderness areas, which comes with increased protections. It also identifies three river corridors which are suitable for a wild and scenic designation, including the Fall Creek, which runs from the Wilsons down to Placerville, where it joins the San Miguel. And those are for the outstanding values that we see for a very unique species, the green lineage Colorado River cutthroat trout. That is an incredible genetically pure conservation population and Colorado Parks and Wildlife uses these populations to augment and restore the species to its historic range. 
in Western Colorado. Also identified for wild and scenic suitability based on outstanding historic and prehistoric values is the Tabawatch Creek, running north of Nucla in Natarita. Next week, the USFS will be holding three meetings to discuss the plan and educate the public. The first two will take place on Tuesday, September 5th, and are held online via Zoom, one at 10 a.m. and another at 5 p.m. On Wednesday, September 6th, an in-person an in-person meeting will be held at the Montrose Event Center at 5 p.m. Details and Zoom links, as well as the plan itself, are available at fs.usda.gov gmug. Parents in San Miguel County know the challenge of child care. Space is limited, costs are high, and care isn't every day. But one early childhood education center is changing that. As of um, September 11th, this upcoming September 11th, we will go five days a week. Chamber Squire is the director of Mountain Munchkins in Mountain Village. So we haven't been able to do that since pre-COVID due to staffing. Um, but we've gotten the opportunity to work with AmeriCorps, which is really awesome. AmeriCorps is a federal service organization that places adults, often recent college graduates, in communities to help with their local challenges. Mountain Munchkins will receive three AmeriCorps members this year. One has already gotten into town, and we're still in the search for two more, but um, they actively recruit for us, which is huge. So very exciting. Squire made the announcement at a Mountain Village Town Council meeting earlier this month to the applause of council members. And gratitude from Mayor Marty Prohaska. Having had two children with two parents that, you know, both me and my husband work, and who both went to Munchkins, it is a lifesaver to be able to have a safe and lovely place to bring your kids when you have to go to work. And um, to know that now people can work a full schedule and get back to what they love to be doing in our community um, is, is, really, is really great news. So thanks for all your work on that. Mountain Munchkins will begin offering class five days a week starting in September. The town of Telluride is discussing bringing the operations of Elaine's Place into the town. With that shift, Telluride hopes it will also be able to provide care five days a week. Telluride is packed, with eager moviegoers excited to see moving pictures on the silver screen. But for many, theatrical expression starts on the stage and a school play. Next weekend, a group of Telluride students will be coming together to create a whole play in just 48 hours. It is a wild weekend where 20 to 25 kids, um, we lock up in the palm and we put a play on on Sunday night. So we read the play, we go through the script, we rehearse, we do the lighting and the props and everything. We eat and sleep together. And then on Sunday evening, we have a play. That's Angela Watkins, theater teacher at the Telluride High School. Next Friday, students will walk into the Palm Theater and learn the play they will be producing. So I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> While memorizing and rehearsing and performing a play in just two days may seem daunting, Watkins says it's a good entry into the world of theater. Well, I think a lot of times kids shy away from maybe committing to a bigger production because it's a time commitment. And this is a fun way to be in the school when nobody else is. Um, 
cook and make meals with your friends. Um, get to play in a different way that isn't so much pressure, let's say, as a big production like we do in November. The ultimate sleepover, the play in 48 hours, starts on Friday night. We all gather in the palm together and we initially just play games to get to know each other. These are kids from 7th grade to 12th grade. Um, some kids know each other, some don't. We ask the kids to bring a poem or a costume piece or a prop or an instrument if they play an instrument. So we kind of use that first three hours or so just to get to know each other and play games and sort of just relax and get that feeling that the Palm Stage is going to be our place for a weekend. After a big meal, the cast reads through the script for the first time. Watkins dashes away to cast the play. After that, we all sit down one more time and we read through the play together in their designated roles. And by then, it's kind of late. It's maybe around midnight. Kids roll out their sleeping bags, nestled in for the night, ready to start early the next morning. With blocking, choreography, memorizing lines, tech comes in to look at where lights need to go, what kind of set and props and costumes are needed. And then by Sunday morning, it's just running it. And we try to run it two or three times, and then we do it at 5 o'clock. Watkins says the fun of the 48-hour play is the speed. You have an ensemble of kids and friends that have to come together quickly and um, have each other's backs and be there to um, support them. And I think some lasting friendships come out of this. Watkins can't divulge what the play will be this year, but she is willing to give a teaser. Did you used to have some wonderings, some questions about your teachers? Oh my gosh. <laughs> The play in 48 hours will run from Friday, September 8th through Sunday, September 10th, with a show at 5 p.m. on Sunday. It is free, and the community is encouraged to attend. The summer road construction season might be waning, but it's not over yet. Drivers on Highway 145 between the Society Turn Roundabout and Mountain Village should get ready to slow to a stop and wait their turn next week, as CDOT will be paving sections along the corridor. The work will take place between Tuesday, September 5th and Thursday the 7th from 6.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Motorists should expect delays up to 30 minutes and be on alert for workers, stoppages, and slow-moving vehicles. Some paving work on the Lawson Hill section of 145 occurred earlier this year. This final round aims to finish the road section before winter, but progress will be weather-dependent. The Blue Columbine, the Lark Bunting. We know Colorado's state flower and bird, but did you know there's a state folk dance? Square dancing was designated as Colorado's official folk dance in 1992, by Governor Roy Romer. Next week, the community will get to try its hand at square dancing as part of Norwood's Try It Tuesdays. Originating as a mix of 17th and 18th century English and French dancing, square dancing contains four couples, eight dancers, arranged in a square, performing a number of dance moves, everything from a basic swing, a do-si-do, -si -do, a right and left grand, or an alaman left. Callers from Montrose and Delta will be in Norwood to lead individuals and partners through the basics. 
the Try It Tuesday Square Dancing will take place at the livery in Norwood on Tuesday, September 5th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. A new state gun control law on hold due to a court challenge won't be going into effect anytime soon. Two federal appellate court judges denied a request from Governor Jared Polis's legal team this week to overturn a temporary injunction against the law. This is the second time in two weeks that Polis's requests to lift the hold have been denied. Judge Philip A. Brimmer first issued the injunction earlier this month in a case brought by conservative gun rights group Rocky Mountain Gun Owners. With this week's ruling, it will remain on hold until Brimmer makes a decision in the case, which could take months or even years. The law in question increases the minimum legal age to purchase guns to 21, with some exceptions. It went into effect this month just days before it was put on hold by court order. For years, some Navajo Nation elected officials have been working to repeal parts of the Diné Marriage Act, which prohibits legal recognition of same-sex marriages. As KSUT and KSJD's Clark Adamidas reports for Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a committee hearing this week showed resistance to marriage equality indoors. On Monday, at a meeting of the Law and Order Committee of the Navajo Nation Council, Eugenia Charles Newton made a motion to pass legislation that will legalize same-sex marriage. At the time, committee member Nathan Nota was holding the gavel. The motion is made by Delegate Charles Newton. Is there a second? Nota waited for an awkward 10 seconds for another committee member to support the motion. Seeing that there is no second, the motion fails or dies. I knew that there wasn't going to be a second. I already knew ahead of time, though it wasn't really a surprise for me. I know that this legislation is controversial. Eugenia Charles Newton represents Shiprock and is co-sponsoring the bill. The LGBTQI community, they have rights. They have rights as human people. And as long as we do not recognize the LGBTQI community, we're not recognizing those rights. Because of the parliamentary rules of the Navajo Nation Council, this legislation doesn't die in committee like it would in the U.S. Congress. So it still might come to a full vote in the coming months. But Monday's committee meeting does underscore the challenges that same-sex marriage legislation faces among Navajo elected officials. It's going to be a long, lengthy debate of, you know, how we're going to vote on this issue. You know, my colleagues have come to me to say, yeah, I'm still on the fence on this issue. The legislation moves next to the Tribal Council's Budget and Finance Committee. That committee meets sometime in September. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. Telluride might be wrapped up in a film fest of its own. But this weekend, in Estes Park, Colorado, a much quieter film affair is getting underway. The annual Silent Comedy Movie Festival will feature films that are nearly 100 years old, all accompanied by live piano playing. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Maeve Conrant brings us this audio postcard. I'm Scott Wilsack, and I'm the piano player. I, I watch the movies before we 
play them in the theater, and I look for certain scenes just suggest certain songs. Guy taking his boat out, anchors away, you play during that, he brings the boat to the, to the docks, I'm playing by the sea. There are things like that, and then there's, there's moods that you try. sounding you know there's almost always a chase scene so I pick out my songs that I can play probably as fast as anything you know and you try to keep getting faster and faster as the song goes on The scenes go from, a lot of times, they go from uh, sad to happy, something happens. There's a scene in one movie where uh, newlywed, she makes the rolls, and boy, these rolls are like boulders. They're just, if you ate them, you'd break your teeth. So, of course, you're playing some of the minor key. Well, then the guy figures out how to, you know, that he can eat these okay. She's crying. Well, then it turns to major key again because you turn, you, you do something like. Then you transition to. So it's sound, you know, it's a happy, it's a happy time. The more I watch these, the more subtleties I pick up in them. And you think about it, there's no dialogue, so all they've got is their actions, their facial expressions, the looks, you know, and the music behind it. That's really all you have to, to portray the mood or the scene. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low near 50 degrees and a slight chance of showers. Friday brings a 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms, but otherwise partly sunny skies and a high nearing 80 degrees. Friday night should be mostly cloudy with a low around 45. Saturday brings partly sunny skies with a chance of showers and a high in the mid-70s, followed by a partly cloudy night with a low around 45. This has been the news for Thursday, August 31st. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. We would like to thank everyone who donated to Code Out during our summer fun drive. A huge thank you to Kathy Green, Deb Dion, Emma Anderson, Christina Koshzow, Blake McKenney, Buddy Dearborn, Ian McMillan, Sammy Newman, Carrie and Joe DiStefano, Devin McHugh, Faribel Hacke, Macy Pryor, Grant Rutterer, Andrew Dolis, Piper Bailey, Carol Hirsch and Joel Blackman, Dean Bubalo, Susan Ensor, Tim Erdman, John Klein, Bianca Darbe Matiota, Rube Felicelli, Sue Hobby, Kimberly Jackson, John Foote, Jessica Goldberg, Courtney Groves, Katie Gumble, Beth McLaughlin, Chris Mason, Kimmy Henley, Fred Brodsky, Mary Higgins, Phoebe Jokes, Tiffany Cavanaugh, Bonnie Luftig, Audrey Mann, Maddie Dougal, Kara MacArthur, Estrella Posey, Wanda Post, and Becca Ritzko. Thank you all so much. And now, a personal commentary. Hi folks, this is Kendra Held from EcoAction Partners, a regional sustainability organization that facilitates the Climate Action Plan, as well as energy, zero waste, and educational programs. Did you know that the largest portion of our regional greenhouse gas emissions comes from building energy use? 
Right now, we have almost 40% renewables in our regional energy supply, which means that investing in efficient electric appliances is a great way to reduce our building emissions. Similarly, the largest portion of our region's climate action plan is dedicated to reducing emissions from the energy our buildings consume. Increasing the efficiency of our buildings is a powerful way to reduce energy consumption and greenhouse gas emissions in our community. Right now, we have a great opportunity to upgrade appliances and invest in more energy-efficient homes. San Miguel Power Association is here to help with a wide variety of rebate options, including but not limited to heat pumps, Energy Star appliances, induction cooktops, outdoor electric power equipment, commuter electric bikes, electric vehicles, and more. If any of these sound interesting to you, check out SMPA's website at smpa.com energy. You can also send an email to rebates at smpa.com. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Koto. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.